Okay, this is for Brennan. Uh, good Elf Hashnir Aleph. And it actually wasn't. Um, it was said by the Kabbalah's Ponim of a Chasen. And this for Brennan explains the relationship between the Chasen of every Chasen Kala and the month of Elf in our relationship to Hashem. Aleph. Yeah. It's known that if a Jewish people have a custom, that custom is considered Torah. Why is that? How come when Jews have a custom, it's considered Torah? The time was that. The reason... This is when the king used to go into the field. Now the king is always in the field. time was that. You go to the oil and you talk as long as you want, no one's going to throw you out. time was that. The reason for this is the Jewish people are children of Hashem. As the Pasuk says, children, you are considered children to Hashem your God. And children are similar to their father or mother. So the Jewish people, the way that they act, it's similar to Hashem. Just like a child acts in a similar way to his father, so to the Jewish people they act in a similar way to similar way to Hashem. And since whatever God's behavior, so to speak, is expressed in His Torah, so what Jews Jews do, which is really what God does, is Torah. God expresses in His Torah His behavior, so. When a Jew does something, which means he's doing something which is similar to God, and therefore it's considered Torah. So also the various components of Jewish custom by a wedding is in sync with the wedding of God and the Jewish people, as we shall see. So there must be some relationship between a Jewish wedding and our relationship with Hashem. Base. Jewish custom is you take the chas and the kala to the chuppah. And under the chuppah, the kala walks around the chasen. And the chasen gives her a ring and marries her with that ring. Halachically, you don't have to necessarily use a ring. If you look throughout the Gemara, look throughout Shulchan Aruch, it doesn't say anywhere that you have to use specifically a ring. It just says, give, you have to use money or a value of money. But the Jewish custom is, is specifically to marry with a ring. Where does this come to marry with a ring? It comes in the Zohar. The, the reason the Zohar says why we use a ring is because a ring has the same shape as a shlosmem, as a mem at the end of a word. So, so, so the, that's why we use a ring because it's connected to the uh, the uh, Pasuk which has a, a closed mem 
in the beginning of the word, which talks about coming, coming of Mashiach. So that's why we use a ring, because it's similar to a, uh, a closed mem. But halachically, you don't have to necessarily use a ring. You could use anything. You could use uh, any, anything of value. So why do we specifically use a ring, and why does a kala go around the chasen, and why are they standing in the chuppah? What does that mean? The Gemara says about marriage that it's hard to make a shidduch for Hashem. It's as hard as it was for him to make the splitting of the sea. So in order to accomplish this kind of thing, Hashem, so to speak, needs to bring down to the world a very lofty level, which is called a makif. Makif literally means something that surrounds something. But in Hasidus, makif means something which is transcendent. Just like when, when A is around B, it's not within B, it's around B, so to a, a very lofty revelation which cannot be contained is called makif. It, it, it's, 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 it doesn't mean that it's hovering physically over something. It means it's a higher kind of revelation. It can't be understood by vessels. It's, 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 makif is another word, way of saying that it's infinite and it's not revealed. So in order to accomplish a wedding, there has to be a makif. Next page. And since by a wedding... There are three partners. There are three partners in man, God and the father and mother. So there also has to be three makifs, three transcendent things. There has to be the transcendent light of the kala, of the chosen, and of Hashem. Again, to, bring, to make a wedding happen, Shem says it's hard to make a wedding like it is to split the sea. So there has to be something which is makif. And since there are three partners in this wedding, so each of them has to do something in a makif way. Is that only second marriage? Technically. In the Seite, I mean. Yeah, the Gemara in the Seite indicates that, but it's not, that's not the only way of uh, explaining that statement. There are other ways of uh, interpreting that statement in regards to the first uh, marriage as well. According to this, we could explain the meaning of this custom. The kala does a makif. How do we see a kala is doing something which is makif? She walks around the chasen. That's her makif. She doesn't go. The idea of walking around is the idea of makif. Um, in note, note 10 the, the Alter Rebbe says that the reason why the chassan puts a cloth over the kala's face that's sort of like giving her, the kala her own chuppah there's a chuppah that covers the kala and the chassan together and then there's a kala's personal chuppah and that is the dektichel that's the veil that's put on the kala so the kala walks around the chasen. That makif, what is she doing by, by, saying, by walking around the chasen? She is dedicating herself, not just dedicating herself, but dedicating herself in a, in a uh, 
in a makif kind of way, in a way that's beyond logic and reason, to build a Jewish home on the basis of Teremitzis. So her walking around the chasen means that she's not just going to go in this with her mind, but she's dedicating herself to build this home based on the foundation of Teremitzis in a way of makif, in a way that's higher than logic and reason. And the chasen gives a round ring to the kalo. That's also makif, it's transcendent, it surrounds. We know makif is in the chasen. That's the chasen's contribution of makif. This is how the chasen indicates how he is going to dedicate himself to build the Jewish home uh, based upon terimitzis. Very interesting. You know, it's very common today, people want to have a uh, wedding where both the kala and the chasen give each other rings. But here the Rebbe explains to Pekabalah that the, the kala and the chasen are doing similar things. The kala's ring to the chasen, she's giving the, the chasen a ring spiritually by walking around the chasen. She's indicating her dedication to terimitzis and the chasen's indicating his makif kind of uh, dedication to Teremitzis by giving the Kala a ring. I say In order to empower both the Chasen and the Kala to give their Makif, to give their transcendent power to over to Hashem, to build the, the, the Jewish home, based on Teremitzis, in order to summon so to speak, the makif of the chas and the kala, we bring both the chas and the kala to the chuppah. What's the chuppah? The chuppah is, that's God's makif. This is the makif which transcends the entire spiritual cosmos. And this empowers that their home should last forever on the base of Teremitzis. And they should have tremendous success physically as well. So the idea of them going into the chuppah means spiritually that God is giving them, so to speak, His market, something which is beyond the entire spiritual cosmos. And that brings tremendous, that, that empowers both the chasen and the kal to do what they need to do. And that's just spiritually to dedicate themselves to this, to this uh, wedding and, this, and to build their home, but to, have, to bring them success, tremendous success physically. So does everyone follow the three makifs? No. Shem's one is just the general... The and the chuppah, and what represents the makif above the whole shtalshlis. And that's why that's when we do it on time. I'm sorry, say, say again? Yeah, so each of them are giving their makif. The chasen is dedicating himself to the wedding in a way of makif beyond himself. And so is the kala. And so is, so to speak, Hashem. Hashem is giving something beyond the shtalshlos, beyond, the, beyond what's in the, the entire spiritual, spiritual cosmos. Hashem is giving something infinite. How did that relate to the mem? We didn't relate to the mem. Uh, the... Um, the Rebbe doesn't speak in detail about the Mem over here, just mentions, as Zohar says, it's like a Mem, but also Rechsidah says that, um, that uh, the Mem Stuma 
is connected to the revelation of Mashiach. And that's why there's a one pasuk which has a mem. And a, there's one pasuk which talks about talks about coming Mashiach. Lamar by Mishra, Shomim Ketz talking about talking about the infinite peace that will be Mashiach will come. In that pasuk, the 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 end mem, the the closed mem is at the beginning of a word. So the close the pasuk is in Lamar by Mishra Shomim Ketz. I don't know. Uh, Google it. All right. So, uh, so that that pasuk indicates that the, the coming of Mashiach, and so similarly, there is something Mashiachdik in every chasna. Okay. Al derech zeh up to his gimel. Al derech zeh in 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 note twelve, Rebbe mentions how the chas and the color are both opposites, and that's why we need to have a chupa above both of them to to cause them to connect to each other. Because the chasen's makif and the kal's makif are, are opposing makifs. So you need to have a higher makif to uh, connect them together. Okay. The same applies between the wedding of God and the Jewish people. Which has a special relevance to the month of El. And in this month, this wedding by divine providence is happening in this in this month, which is an appropriate time to celebrate a wedding. Why? Because El is a time when we prepare for Shoshana. What happened to Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah, what happened was, was that Hashem caused man to fall asleep, and he built, he, he, took, he took from uh, Adam's rib, and he built uh, Eve out of Adam. So spiritually, the idea of the separation from, from Adam is the separation of Malchus, and in order for there to be the union of, of Zon Malchus, of the feminine and uh, uh, masculine elements of the divine, the first is a separation. So that is what happens on the uh, night of Rosh Hashanah. There's an elevation of the sphere of Malchus. What, is it, what does it mean in English, elevation of the sphere of Malchus? The Nisira. So this gives the analogy of a person who's working and doesn't like their job. They're doing what they have to do, but they don't want to be there. So they're doing it, but they're not interested in it. So similarly, Hashem is constantly um, creating the world every moment. And on the night of Hashanah, the energy of the previous year ascends. What that means is, that the, it's not the world stops to exist. It's that Hashem's desire and pleasure in creation it retreats. Hashem, so to speak, pretends that he is not interested in creation. And he withdraws his pleasure from creation. And that's what the focus of Rosh Hashanah is, to renew Hashem's pleasure in creation. And just like when you have pleasure in something, so you do things in a more beautiful way, so, so too by bringing Hashem's desire in creation, that affects the kind of world that's going to be in that year. So, the Shafer? Oh yeah, Hashem hides himself so we look for him, right? Exactly. Sounds like a little patty cake scam. Okay, I take that back. 
<laughs> yeah. Hashem, so to speak, hides so that he, we should look for him. So the idea of the of Malchus ascending to its source is similar to the, um, the, the idea of the removal of the energy of Hashem, the pleasure of Hashem in creation, is similar to the separation of the rib of Adam from Adam in order to cause the union afterwards. So Elul, which is a preparation for the uh, day of Rosh Hashanah, day of the union of Adam and Eve, the day of the union of Akash Baruch and the Jewish people, it's, uh, it's a time of weddings. It's a time, it's a time when we're about to celebrate that, that spiritual union of Zohar Malchus, where there'll be a new energy going into Malchus, new pleasure of Hashem in creation, which a new revelation of, of godliness in Malchus, in the feminine aspect of, of, of divinity, which means Hashem's words that animate the world. Malchus means literally sovereignty. So Hashem creates the world with words. And the words of Hashem are called in Kabbalah feminine. Why are the word, words called feminine? Because just like words are things that are... Um, receptacles of your intellect and feelings, so too the words of Hashem are received from the spheres above them. So Hashem gives a new energy into Malchus, into the feminine animating uh, element of creation on Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, it's, it's, it's the, the, there's a union of masculine and feminine. There's a new revelation of Hashem in the, um, in the sphere of Malchus. Okay, fine, show it to me, go ahead. What is it? Ubagdama. So therefore, El, which prepares for this time of this marriage of Hashem and the Jewish people, is uh, similar to a preparation for a wedding. Bagdama. There are two models of God marrying the Jewish people. One is, Next page, Lamata. One way is, as the Pasuk says, my beloved is to me and I am to him. That's where Hashem reveals himself to us without us doing any, anything on our, on our own. In a similar way that God took us out of Egypt without we, us making any proper preparation. At first there is a revelation from on high. First there is my beloved coming to me. And automatically, after a while... That causes, when Hashem reveals Himself in such a way, that causes, that triggers our response from us that I come to my beloved. First, they leave, first God reveals Himself to me, and then I, I reciprocate. I come to Him. That's one way this wedding could work. The Nisan model. Then there is, Then there is the way things work in Elul. I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me, that the first step is made from below. That first there is an effort of man, I come to my beloved. So in regards to this month, in regards to the month of Elul, how does this wedding work? How does this union happen? The words, I come to my beloved, mirror the halacha about marriage. The halacha is that a woman can only be married if she consents to the, to the wedding. 
The way the Iran describes the transactional element of marriage is that the woman agrees to the betrothal of the man, she nullifies her opinion and her desire, and she considers herself, her soul, to, to her husband as something which is ownerless. She makes herself ownerless to her husband. That's the idea of the uh, agreeing of the kala. The kala is yes to the wedding. What does her yes entail? It entails her nullifying her own opinion and her own desire and making herself ownerless to her husband. What does that mean for us spiritually? That means that the month of Anila Doidi Anila Doidi means that you devote yourself to Hashem, not just with your logic, not just with your seichel, but with the makif part of yourself, with the part of yourself which is higher than uh, vessels, the part of yourself which is transcendent. Bittel of the chaya in yechida. You give yourself over to Hashem with your whole yechida. Just like the kala walks around the chasen, which indicates that there is something transcendent over here. She's giving her, her whole uh, neshama to the, uh, the chasen, which is, by the way, that's why a kala buys a chasen, a talus. Talus has 32 strings. 32 is equal to the word heart, because the kala gives her heart to the chasen. So similarly, a yid, and he says to the Abish Nila Deidi, he is, he is like walking around the uh, chasen, walking around Hashem, and giving his makif, giving his chayichida over Tasha. There's a few words over here. I'm not sure if, if the, the idea is being conveyed in a way that is coherent. The kala walks around the chasen. What does that mean? She's doing something which is transcendent. So similarly, in the month of Elul, there is the idea of anila deidi. A yid gives himself over to Hashem in a way that's transcendent, in a way that's beyond his understanding. Just like the kala, for the transaction to work, she has to nullify herself to her husband. She has to make herself ownerless to her husband. So too, in the words anila deidi, anila deidi means that you make yourself ownerless to Hashem, make yourself devoted to Hashem and you let go. Okay, makes sense or not? Letting go is uh, is part of it. Letting, but it's it's more than letting go. Seizing. Understand. Understand. So, so it should be the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> the people knew marriage and the people knew marriage. And the older people are all the best. In order for a Jew, to give himself over to Hashem in such a way of anila deidi, to give this, to have this kind of transcendent devotion to Hashem, how could a Jew do that? So God first gives us His makif. That's the idea of the revelation, thirteen attributes of mercy that are revealed in this month. The thirteen attributes of mercy means Hashem reveals Himself to us. He gives us His makif. He gives us the ring. I'm sorry, he gives us the chuppah. In order to facilitate the union of Zohar Malchus, of the Jewish people, and Hashem, there is first 
the makif of the chuppah. What's the makif of the chuppah? The makif of the chuppah is the king is in the field. Revelation of thirteen attributes of mercy. Because there's a revelation of Hashem, so therefore it's it's possible for a Jew to devote himself to Hashem in such a way. For a yid to summon that kind of makif energy, it's first the Hashem makes the first move. The first move is he reveals in this month the thirteen attributes of mercy. I'm not sure uh, if this was highlighted in the last mimer you learned with Rabbi Begun, uh, but in, in the, in the mimer of Tashim Chavav, the Rebbe asks, how is, it, how is it we're calling Elul a time of Anila Deidi? I am coming to my beloved. If Hashem is revealing himself to us and he's showing us a smiling face, as the Rebbe says, so it's not Anila Deidi. And what the Rebbe answers basically, anyone know the answer? Okay, you want to say it in English? It's, it's the, the, there is a, my beloved is to me, Hashem gives us through the Messias Kayach the potential that then gives us our opportunity to do to then receive the level of the Yikimah Is Hashem inspiring us or is it coming from with us, from within? He's inspired. It's just the smiling countenance that itself draws you to want to go and have. Because it says even a person. So that's the daily. Why is it a daily? So the Rebbe basically says is that a Jew is like a subject of a king. The king is called the heart of the people, and therefore the connection of the people to the king is from their very essence. They, they have a natural relationship with the king. But when they're distant from each other, so their, their connection to the king and their desire to greet the king is hidden. But when they're in the same place as the king and the king comes special to see them, so their connection to the king and, their, and their desire to greet the king is revealed. But it's not that, that there's something that added. That's who they are the whole time. So to a Yid, is Yisrael, the desire of a Jew is to Hashem. But when the Abishta reveals himself to a Yid, that reveals the inner desire of a Jew to Hashem. So the, so that, the similar thing we're saying over here, Hashem makes the chuppah in El. El is, the, is this big chuppah. The chuppah is the revelation of the third attributes of mercy. There is this, 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 king is in the field means there's a revelation. And that causes, that summons within ourselves the Anila Deidi. What makes us have Anila Deidi is this chuppah of Hashem of the third attributes of mercy. Um, any questions, comments, criticism, tomatoes, cucumbers, or staples? We need to have staples. I couldn't find any staples upstairs. When I take the. Let me take that price. Isn't this a staple called a 